0: This is the Oklahoma Talking Company. Hey everybody, welcome to the Oklahoma Sports Show. I'm Jason Evans. Alongside me is Jared Kennedy. How you doing, Jared?
1: Doing pretty good. A little on the tired side,
0: but I'm here. Well, it's good to have you here. I'm glad we could finally do this. I know it's it's later in the week than we usually uh, record and, and post the podcast, so we apologize for that. But, uh, Jared, how's your week been?
1: It's been pretty good. You can't never complain when you uh, you end the week off. My week always, like I said, starts with a little high school football. So when you get a big victory over a big-time rival in a Bristol Pirates... Uh, and then you roll on into Stillwater with a big victory. in Texas hasn't been done since '97. That's right. And then uh, your Dallas Cowboys win. We're not going to talk about my Kansas City Chiefs. We're just going to skip right over that game. Yeah, that one. But was uh, rough. other than that, yeah. <laughs> all, all other than that, uh, it's been a pretty good week.
0: It's well, a good. good week. Well, good. It 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 has been a good week for. Uh, the Oklahoma schools, you know, I, I have to say up front, we we dropped the ball last week. We we previewed Tulsa SMU like that game was last weekend. We were totally wrong about that. That's actually this weekend. We'll we'll kind of recap that uh, a little bit later in the show. But um, Jared, let's let's just get rolling with uh, the game that is known as the Red River Red River Rivalry. Uh, Oklahoma and Texas. Uh, You know, I was talking to an OU fan earlier today, and he, he, him and his family will often go to this game, and they're not this year, and they're just kind of like, yeah, it's just, it's just not real exciting this year. Um, And so, you know, it's going to be interesting to see what the the crowds are like. It'll be a big crowd, I'm I'm sure of that. But uh, there's there's a lot of story happening around the University of Texas,
1: right. Kind of, kind Whether Charlie Strong is this going to be his last uh, Red River rivalry game? Can he get it done? It's going to. It's one of those. Everybody's asking if uh, if he loses this game, is he going to still be there? You know, it's it, in in other you know other uh, universities. They always you know different people have their standards of what you got to do and what's expected of you. And I would say that. Uh, as far as being a Texas coach or, or even, you know, a, an Oklahoma coach, uh, beating that rivalry in the Red River rivalry is, is probably one of those things that's high, high on the expectation list. Yeah. So uh, can he get it done? Uh, uh, will he still be there if he don't get it done? Uh, that seems to be the big question.
0: Yeah, I, I agree completely. And, you know, there's just so many question marks uh, around that program because, I mean – I think we've talked about it, and it just seems like anyone can look at Texas and say, okay, they, they have the talent, um, but it, it just hasn't fallen together. And this was even in Mac Brown's last couple of years. This isn't fully a Charlie Strong issue, but um, it, it's just kind of amazing that you can have so much talent. You can have your pick of the litter in the state of Texas, the, I think the, the number two producing uh, hotbed for, for recruits that go D1, and, and that you... You can be competitive, but you can't win the games that that the fans and the administration think you're supposed to win. And um, ah, ah. you know, uh, Charlie just just seems like he's kind of in a in between a rock and a hard place. And, uh, you know, he demoted Vance Bedford, which uh, is a former Oklahoma State defensive coordinator. He got devo- demoted to secondaries, and Charlie Strong's going to take over the, the defensive side of the ball. And I was telling someone uh, last week during the OSU-Texas game that, uh, in, in my opinion, if Charlie Strong is to demote Bedford then I think he'll be here at least for the remainder of the year, and he'll probably be given one more year. Um, But if he didn't demote Bedford, then I think everybody's going out the door at the same time. And so we saw that happen this week. And so, um, you know, it kind of makes me feel like Strong's probably here for the year. But, um, you know, there's a lot that just needs to happen uh, for Texas, and obviously the OU game is a game that he can he can prove he's he's here to stay. Um, you know, since we're since we're kind of talking about Texas right now, you were at the Oklahoma State Texas game, and and from a Texas perspective, you know, what do you see in Texas that that can make them competitive against OU?
1: Right. Uh, well, well, real quick before I get on that, I wanted to add on that. You know, as far as Charlie Strong, you know, I, I would think now even more so with this game coming up. There's Added pressure on him because when you look around the country, you got you got guys. The LSU job opening up, uh, USC is going to be opening up probably. Uh, you got you got some big name coaches. The guy down in Houston, yeah, uh, that are hot commodities. People are wanting. So you know, Texas is probably looking at. Hey, looking at what's that guy's name down in Houston? I, I always uh, Herman, isn't it? Yeah, I think so. Anyways, I mean, what he's doing down in Houston. And getting all that talent, well, well, that's, you know, that's down there, you know, same same type of recruiting area. Yeah. So, I mean, you got all these guys that are, are becoming hot commodities. You know, Texas is probably thinking, listen, these guys are going to be coming available, and we might need to snag them before, you know, LSUs, USCs, uh, these other guys, you know, maybe Notre Dame. Notre Dame's job could be up. Yeah. Uh, we may need to snag these guys. So, you know... Charlie Strong better get it together. You know, I've you know, i had my – I like Charlie. I, I've always kind of liked Strong. Never had anything against him. But, you know, when it comes down to it, you're at Texas and then you're expected to win. And I would think he's got a lot more added pressure just adding all those vacancies, you know, in, in D1 football right now. Because when a lot of vacancies open up, that means, uh, you know, there's a lot of teams that would love to have a less Miles, that would love to have uh, you know, uh, Herman down there in Houston. Uh, maybe even the, uh, looking at the Louisville guy.
0: Yeah. I mean, yeah, th- there's a
1: big game right there of Louisville can, you know, I think they play in Houston coming up, don't yep, they? they do. I'm pretty sure. So, I mean, you're looking at that game. It, that might be a game whether of, hey, who do we want more, the Louisville guy or Houston guy. And uh, Texas may be a spot looking for those coaches. So, I would definitely think the pressure's on. So, uh, but anyways – uh, getting back to you know this past Saturday, uh, I'm definitely the first thing you notice is the run game. I mean they they're kind of a ground and pound type of uh, type of team. Uh, I mean you saw not only what they've been what they did against Oklahoma State, but what they've been doing um, you know all year. I mean they're they're uh, they're putting up the numbers on the ground. And so you know I, I I noticed that they were like. As far as against Oklahoma State, they were they were able to bounce off the edge quite a bit, yeah. And that's where that's where it killed us. So you know, one thing Oklahoma's going to have to do is that you know Texas is big up front, and 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 they got some horses now. Granted, they they got down to their third string running back. So are are um are they going to be available? Where what, where does Texas what stand? It, what for-
0: I, what I've seen is it looks like Warren uh, will probably be out, but Foreman. Uh, should be back he's he had that abdominal injury uh right. in late in the game against Oklahoma state but but everything right. i'm reading i i thought it earlier i thought they said he would be out too but everything i'm reading now says that he should be good to go and he is listed on the texas depth chart uh, for this okay. game for sure
1: yeah well there that i that's i think in order for ou to um to have success against them concentrate that your game plan's got to be up front stopping their run game because Michelle's a good quarterback and he's going to, but you saw, you know, in the OSU game, you know, the, you know, the freshman mistakes that getting under a little bit of pressure uh, throwing that, you know, that pick. Um, So, you know, if OU gets on them and OU, I think for the most part right now has a little bit of better rush attack than than uh, even like an OSU has had. Yeah. So I think if they can get after Bouchelle pretty quick, then you're going to start – you, you got to make him make those plays. And and sometimes, you know, for a freshman, it, you know, is the freshman going to come out? Is he going to make be able to make those plays in the big game? Or is he going to kind of fold like he did against OSU? I'm not saying he had a terrible game. I'm just saying there were times when you put a little pressure on him. You could definitely tell, hey, that, you know – He's making those young mistakes. Yeah. So as long as OU can jump on them, uh, get that uh, pressure, um, shut down that long game. I, I don't think you know they got some core receivers. They got some pretty good uh, guys out at receivers, but they're not going to kill you through the air. Yeah, uh, they're going to kill you on the ground. So you shut the ground they, down, ground game down, and I think uh, OU will be just fine.
0: Yeah, I agree, and that's what – it's going to be a fun little matchup, I think, between the Texas rushing offense and the OU running defense. Um, you know, OU, they 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 showed themselves to be susceptible against Ohio State and kind of a power running attack, but, you know, on the season, they're only giving up 130 rushing yards a game, and Texas comes in averaging 261 on the ground a game. Yeah. Uh, and and so that's that I, to me that's going to be a true challenge. I know OU is going to be thinking of last year. I, Texas rushed for over three hundred yards last year in their 24-17 win. Against the Sooners, and so you know that's something that that I'm sure the OU coaches are keying on is is this rush defense and being able to contain those running backs because like you said I mean Oklahoma State had no answer for their ability to get outside the defensive ends and you know really any game this season they they the running backs have been able to do that and so it to me that that will be the challenge for both teams is who's really going to control the line of scrimmage. Um, hey, and an,
1: and another thing, you know, OU needs to take advantage of if they've been watching game film. You, you ha- Texas has got to figure out their their special teams. Really they've yeah. got to get that going. When a team has three blocked, you know, extra points, that right there is a five point swing. There, the, it was a difference in between. You know, and we'll talk about that later. But but you know, instead of being tied, you know, uh, the other team had five teams five points just because they couldn't figure out how to how to get an extra point off. Yeah. So that was a huge and and you know they gave gave up a few big runs in the punt and then uh, and OSU was able to just, you know, dominate on the kickoff. So their special teams need, they they got to I hope hopefully they've been trying to figure out something this week as far as special teams because don't think that, uh, you know, Stoops and company hadn't been drooling over game film on those special team plays thinking, hey, this is something we need to take advantage of. This, this is something that could could definitely um, be key to this game. So I think special teams, too. Um, if, if OU could take advantage of that and, and Texas ain't got it together, special teams is another key that, you know, could be a factor.
0: Yeah, I I agree. Like I, I mean, I I could not believe how awful it was, um, to be to be honest. <laughs> um, and I know that, that kicker from Texas feels terrible, but to me that's more of a systematic breakdown. It's not just the kicker's fault. Right. Um, it was and,
1: coming from one side. Yeah. yeah I felt like it was. Yeah, and,
0: so. and, and you know Texas is going to do what they can to shore that up, but I agree. I'm sure the OU coaches are just trying to find those holes and trying to figure out a way they can take advantage of um, because, you know, we talked about Charlie Strong and, and, you know, some of the unrest with the Texas fans. Well, you know, OU's sitting at two and two and you know, they've got the whole Big Twelve to pay for or play for, but I mean there's a lot of unrest in Soonerville too. And, you know, you know, last year their one loss of the se- of the regular season came against Texas. And, you know, two years ago Texas probably should have won. And it it's just there's a lot riding on this game on the, the OU side, not not just for the conference sake, but I think just for fan uh, enjoyment, you know, I I think if they, if they, after seeing Texas, you know, they they pull off the big win over Notre Dame, which now you look at it, may not be quite, it it was a big win for Charlie Strong, but nationally speaking may not have been as big of win. And then the way they lose to California and then to really um, just losing a shootout to Oklahoma state, uh, you got to feel like if Oklahoma were to end up losing this game, um, I mean fans are really, really going to be unhappy with Coach Stoops and 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 some of the other coaches on the team. And so you know that's that's something to look forward not look forward to, but look towards to see like okay, well is OU going to come out ready to play? Because I think a lot of a lot of people down in Norman would say the last couple of years they haven't been ready for this game, which is which is strange for a rivalry game, you know?
1: Right. Right. I wish I wish it'd be like that against so-called mistake. It seems like they're always ready for them. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. Texas, you know, the last few years have been, you know, it it had been good. Texas kind of had the but, I, you know, th- this year's got one of those feel it, they, you know. Honestly, I, you know, you know, a few years back, you know, this this rivalry was always like. Boom, you got undefeated at Oklahoma, you got undefeated Texas, you know, big matchup. this going to probably determine you know big 12 champion who's going to take you know take the lead right here and, and all this stuff and now you know what you have is a constant struggle of of getting back to where each team wants to be like you know this year Texas starts out so strong and everybody's like, here we go. Texas is finally back. We're rolling. They got a quarterback in here. They're running that two quarterbacks, you know, that package with sloops. Everything's looking good. Uh, Their run game's dominating. Uh, you got these big mashups. OU had. Um, they didn't start off so hot. But then they had the big win, you know, last week with TCU. So it kind of gets everybody fired back up on, on OU again. Okay, maybe, maybe. – you know, let's go compete for a Big Twelve. You know, let's do this. But then Texas has to let down and loses to Oklahoma State. So then they're back down. You know, yeah. so it's you, you. Everybody wants that that Red River rivalry to be these two, you know, you know, big name dominant forces, you know, battling it out. And it's just, in my opinion, it's it's kind of lost some of that. I I don't. I'm not saying the rivalry has lost its you know you know, mojo or whatever however you want to say it, but as far as, you know, hey, two Titans going at it and not so much yeah. in the last couple of years. So I think yeah, I, I, think, that, I think fans have kind of been drained from that a little
0: bit. Yeah, I agree. And you know, we said after week one after Texas beat Notre Dame. I mean, it's it's better for the conference if Texas and OU were are on the national scene. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> It's it's just completely better for the conference, and you know we've got to be honest. Right now, the conference is just not looking all that great. I mean, I, it, boy, I mean it's 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 an exciting brand of football when you know OU wins uh, fifty two to forty six Oklahoma State, you know. Hangs forty nine on Texas and and you know they ended up winning by a comfortable margin but it was a shootout and you know Iowa State almost pulled off the the upset to Baylor but that was a shootout and so I mean we're we're used to seeing that in Big Twelve country but I'm telling you I don't think I've seen so many just terrible defenses in the conference um, you know both it, it both OU and Texas last week showed the ability and OU. Oh, you played the best game they 've played all year Baker mayfield played like Baker mayfield you know two hundred and seventy four yards through the air um, had had, uh, had a great rushing performance D.D. Westbrook looked like he, he a number one receiver career high receiving yards um, mixon goes over a hundred p Rines two yards short of a hundred you know so they they finally looked like they had it all clicking on offense. But I mean I mean on defense just giving up big play after big play after big play you know they got down 21 um 21-7 and uh, right they did right
1: I believe they they were leading they were up. pretty That's good i
0: sorry about that Yeah you know they got up 21-7 they they allow TCU to come back they score get another a little bit of breathing room and again they let TCU come back and you know and, and it it just it's kind of like disconcerting that so many of these big 12 teams that their defense has just shown this inability to stop the big play and and it just seems like it goes across the whole board and you know with with the OU Texas game in mind you know is it going to be the big play that ultimately has one team winning over the other and I think that's that's something to watch for is you know what what team is going to give up the most 20 yard plays and, you know, because the the team that gives up the most was probably going to be looking at the short end of the of the stick in this game. Um, you know, but that'll definitely be something to look for.
1: Right, and I think you I think you nailed that on the head because, you know, I think everybody's been trying to figure out. You know, the Big Twelve it's like for instance that TCU game. They get down like or they get up like that and, and they're rolling, and then all of a sudden it's like, Well, what happened? Did we did they, did they quit? Did they get too comfortable? Then boom, here comes TCU just roaring back, and then they make it a game. Uh, OSU does the same stuff. They get up big on somebody, and then all of a sudden, boom, the team comes roaring back. The game's never over until that last second ticks off the thing, and you see this time and time again with these teams in the Big 12, and people wonder, what's what's going on? Are we losing interest because they're not good? They're not fighting for a national title anymore? What's the deal? But I think what you said, it comes right down to it. It comes down to defenses. I think the defenses just aren't as good as they have been in the past. Now, I don't think, you know, for the most part, we haven't been no SEC defense and stuff yeah. like that. Yeah. Big 12 is based on their offense. Nobody's, nobody's sitting here saying we've had that, you know, high-impact defense. Having said that, you look back through the years, your Texas's, your Oklahomas, they, they've put together some big-time defensive groups and and uh, TCU. I mean, we've had good defenses. I'm not saying it's SEC defenses, but we've had good defenses. Yeah. But here lately, the trend has been, what what's with all these you know late quarter comebacks and all this stuff? And I and I think you're right. I think it falls right solely on the defense. I think maybe we're just figuring out that our defenses just aren't as good at you know as good as um, what what we think they are, and, and your your offense can only do so much before eventually they end up petering out. So, yeah, defense has got to get better.
0: And part of that could be, you know, by nature, offenses evolve so much faster than defenses. And, you know, it could be we're just kind of in a moment where – Offenses are changing again, and the defense is just trying to catch up. We saw it, you know, with when, when Leach was, well, when Leach started out at OU, but then when he went to Texas Tech, and you know, you just no one knew how to stop Texas Tech. And then eventually they figured it out, and well, we we might be on the verge of something like that again. But yeah, you know, it was it was OU got down twenty one seven. I'm reading some of the notes. They they got down twenty one seven, but then then they outscored TCU forty two to three over the next ridiculous. over the next two quarters, and so they're yeah. they're rolling at forty nine. Um, uh, what was it? Forty nine twenty four, I believe. And, you know, and so it looked like things were rolling, things were going. And then, like you said, it was just it was just like suddenly the defense was helpless. You know, TCU just threw these bombs over the top and it wasn't even these, you know, it wasn't great moves. It wasn't I mean, it was just great execution. But but, you know, the, the defense just got caught napping. And and we're seeing that this is not to pick on OU because we saw Texas get get beat uh, time and time again last week against Oklahoma State, we've seen Oklahoma State get beat time and time again. We saw Baylor get beat by Iowa State over and over again, and then likewise Iowa State get beat by Baylor over and over again. And so it's just it seems like it's kind of just a, an epidemic that that probably is not a good sign for the overall national appeal of the conference unless you just happen to be a stud receiver. And want to get some some major yards, um, you know. So so as we're kind of wrapping up here about OU in Texas, um, do you got a feeling about this game at all? I know we don't normally do predictions or anything, but I mean, do you do you see this game well, swaying one way or the other? Well,
1: here is the thing: it's like any other rivalry. It's it's usually just comes down to what team wants to show up to play. Because I mean, honestly, when you you look at you know you look at the stats and stuff like that both teams are really neck and neck as far as you know points per game points allowed texas a lot you know scores 41 OU scores 39 texas gives up 38 OU only gives up 35 pat you know passing rushing you're right there so allowed is dang near you know spot on yeah one you know, yard they they yeah one yard so i mean you look at stats and stuff, they think, well, these teams are pretty easy, even. Now you look at who they've played, you know. Yep. O- OU, I think, has by far played the tougher stretch in Houston and Ohio State. Now, I'm not going to take you away, you know, Texas did play Notre Dame. Notre Dame, I think everybody's figuring out, isn't as good um, as they have been the last couple years. But, you know, they play a good name in Notre Dame and Cal. So, I mean, they, they it's not like they played, you know, three games against UTEP. Yeah. So you know, so they're they're fairly, you know, even there as far as stats. Um, I, you got to give quarterback play to Baker Mayfield. He's yep. the more experienced guy. He's been there in that situation. I think when it comes down to it, I I think he knows how to win. Uh, line edge, I'm going to give to Texas. I just think that I, from what I've seen, those guys are big, and, and they move. You know, they, they move the defensive line. Uh, so I'd give that edge to Texas. I think it's a coin flip as far as uh, receiving core and uh, um, and defensive back. So, I mean, um, I think it comes down to quarterback play. I think OU is going to have the more experienced guys. So, I'm going to pick OU. Um, and I think OU's probably got got a little something to prove. Now, having said that, I think it's going to be, uh, I'll say, I'm going to say a 38 to. Uh, I'm gonna say 38 to 28. OU
0: okay. beats them by 10. Okay, I can definitely get behind that. I I I agree for the same points you said about OU's schedule has been that much more difficult. Um, and and by default, I think it just means they're gonna know a little bit more of what's required to win. Uh, you know, I think Texas will be able to run uh fairly effectively. Not having Warren, if if he's unable to play, I think that hurts them and uh if Foreman's not 100% then that that's that's going to hurt but i mean you know Texas was 1 and 4 coming in last year and you know ended up winning 24 to to 17 and and so you you kind of throw those records and stuff out the window on a rivalry game but having said that i just think that OU is is too well rounded i think OU will be able to do enough on defense to force Buchel to beat them and i just i just don't think Buchel will do it um and I like that thirty eight twenty eight just to just to be different I'll go thirty one seventeen I think typically these games if it's not just a, a one sided just blowout um, you know uh, typically these are low lower scoring games than than what both teams are used to and so um, I'll, I'll I'll call it thirty one to seventeen. Uh, I think I think OU. I think it'll be close early, but OU will kind of pull away in the second half. So yeah, there's our predictions. The, Let's see how wrong no, but, we are.
1: <laughs> yeah, because we say all this, and I mean, look at where Texas was last year in Oklahoma, and, and nobody thought Texas would win that one, and and they did. So you just never know.
0: Yeah, you never know. And so speaking of never knowing. Uh, let's talk about uh, Oklahoma State, Iowa State. Which you know, uh, as an OSU fan, when you see the the prediction predictors say Oklahoma State has a ninety two percent chance of winning, um, <laughs> let's. I don't like it. <laughs> yeah, let's let's talk about Oklahoma State and Iowa State. Um, you know, you were at the Texas game last week, and you you once again you kind of saw Rudolph. Um, you know he threw for three over three hundred ninety yards, and and it seemed like he had his way. But for the second week in a row, Justice Hill goes over a hundred yards. And and here is my question: as we lead it into this game, uh, is is the Oklahoma State running game now going to be a reliable one hundred thirty to one hundred fifty a game?
1: Uh boy, I I think now simply because of the stretch we're on. Um, as far as, you know, we got Iowa state and then we got, uh, I just went blank. Uh, well, anyways, anyways, I think now we kind of got it rolling. I, I think we're figuring some things out. And one thing I think I sound bad saying this and I don't mean it to be, but I think it's really helped us I that Carson's been hurt. Now I hate, I hate saying I hate it when anybody's hurt. You know, I don't. I don't speak ill will against Carson, but having said that, I think we've realized. I think the coach has realized. Hey, Hill's got to be the guy. Hill's got. Hill is our future. He, he's the future of this run game. If we have any chance of getting back to where you know OSU needs to be as far as run the ball, Hill is our answer. Now you can plug those other guys in. You know, like we've been doing. That's fine. But as far as who's getting the bulk of the carries. It's got to be Hill. So, with Hill, yes, I think we could get back there. He's just too shifty, and he does good at uh, being patient, being slow, letting the holes open, and then, boom, hitting the holes in acceleration. And he's so sinking fast. He's just – he's got – his chances of breaking a big play um, are, are pretty good, at least once a game. So, I think we can. It took me a while to get to that, but, yeah, I think – I think I've talked myself into it. I think I think we can get back to to producing you know 150 yards on the ground um, each game. Especially you know we should be able to do it against I- Iowa State.
0: Yeah, I agree. And you know while we're here, let's go ahead and bring in uh, a special guest who joined us back in our college football preview edition, Josh Dreyer. Let's see if we can get him on the line and um, see if if he would like to join us because I'd like to hear his thoughts. Uh, on this, and then on the game coming up, um, but but I, while we're waiting on him to join us, like I, I completely agree. I think that uh, that that heel is the way to go, and that it, it, it has. This is no offense to Carson, but but just having one less name to try to fit in there, I think it's really helped the team. Um, Josh, are you with us? I am here. Well, hey Josh, how are you doing,
1: buddy? Uh, I. I can hear. Is that is that Zeke or Nora in the background? I hear him. Yeah, that was Nora. I just
2: shut the door on her.
1: Oh, what would you do that, bro? Let her. God, she wants to hear Daddy talk. Unbelievable. <laughs> well, she's good enough that she just opened the door, and I'm having to kick her out again.
0: <laughs> oh, that <there> she <laughs> oh, is. That's terrible.
1: Hi, hi Nora.
0: <laughs> well, hey, how's it going, she... buddy?
2: Hey, I'm doing good. Happy to be on the show.
0: Well, I just asked Jared a question and I want to get your thoughts. Um, we're, we're previewing Oklahoma State, Iowa State. And, but my question, uh, kind of right off the bat is, uh, we've seen two weeks in a row. Oklahoma State's had a hundred yard rusher in Justice Hill. And, um, is, is Oklahoma State, have they figured out a way to average between 130 and 150 yards a game on the ground? You know, I
2: think it's pretty impressive that they've done it for two weeks in a row, but I think um, I've got to see it a couple more times before I can say they've they've figured out a way to do it constantly. Um, I, I would love to think that they have figured it out to do it, but i got to see it game in and game out more often.
0: Well, I, yeah, I do too. Um, that, that's kind of where I'm at, but, but you've got to admit, for a true freshman, Hill's come in and done pretty well, don't you think?
2: Yeah, I mean, what the kid has done is, is really impressive. And then also to come off that game that he had at Baylor and uh, do so well against Texas, you know, um, a lot of people had his kind of head on a stake a little bit. And uh, he did really well to come back from those two fumbles. And, I mean, because if you think uh, we had that Baylor game, and had he not fumbled those those uh, two times, we might,
1: you know, we might be 4-0. Um, If he just holds on to one of those fumbles, I think we're and you
0: know. Yeah. You know, I mean, I mean, I got to give him credit. Go ahead, Jared. Oh, no, I was just
1: thinking, I I mean, he's right. Anybody, I would like to see, you know, more consistency before you're like, oh, yeah, we're back to running back you like, you know, we used to be known as. But as far as looking in the right direction, you have to give credit and say, hey. Heel is definitely our future. He he's been looking good. he's, he's been shifty. He's uh I, I would love to give coaches the credit and say, you know, we everybody was calling for it, you know, after the, you know, Central Michigan game and stuff like that. Why are we starting Carson? They gotta see that heel is the guy that we have to have. And uh I would love to give them credit and say they finally started doing what we need to do and giving heel the rock. But unfortunately, I think it came to carson's expense that carson got hurt and then now we're seeing it but regardless we've seen what he could do and i think uh i think our i think it's headed our, our linemen are getting better we're not where we need to be but i think those younger guys are getting more experience and uh we're starting to kind of figure it out a little bit
0: yeah i agree um i agree completely i think it's just kind of a learning process it's it's you know even though the line is is uh "Quote unquote veteran line," I think they're still starting to get it figured out, and then then having Hill back there, um, you know. Josh, as we as we kind of look forward to Iowa State, um, what are some of the things that you're looking for uh, out of Oklahoma State?
2: You know, I, you know, for this game, I'm I'm looking at um, you know two things. I think last week's game that Iowa State had against Baylor was a little bit shocking that they were able to hang up forty. Forty or so points on Baylor, Baylor with the comeback win there at the end. Um, so I think our defense has got to, you know, uh, against Texas they were having to focus on the on the run, and uh, I think this Iowa State game they might have to focus a little bit on the pass. However, you know, I think about one of the big plays that Iowa State had against Baylor was a, a quarterback keeper up the middle uh, for quite a quite a few yards there. So I think the defense. The other the other guy I'm looking at specifically is, is Mason Rudolph, QB one. It, you know, there's a couple passes um, that he had against Texas that were a little bit off the mark, a um, little overthrown or underthrown and stuff like that. You know, hey, I, I love Mason, but he's got. I, I think uh, you got to take those chances and and it, you know, honestly, it was it was odd to see him off that often. You know, just out in the flank, just uh, small throws that he was off. So, so I, I'm looking to the defense and and uh, some consistency by Mason, but you know. Maybe it's just Oklahoma State in me. I'm a little bit, little bit nervous, but I definitely think we should win. Well, I was just
0: gonna say I agree, and you know, uh, one other thing. This is if from a Iowa State offensive perspective, one thing I think they they might be able to have success with is Mike Warren in the in the backfield. Um, you know, he he ran pretty effectively up in Ames last year. He re- he rushed for 130 last week against Baylor on 30 carries. I mean, he he really uh, was a workhorse. had had two touchdowns, and after watching Texas really have their way uh, against the Oklahoma state defense. Uh, I could definitely see Iowa state trying to really establish a run game to control the the clock and keep the ball out of OSU's hands. Um, and so uh, to me, that'll be something to look for. Uh, you know, I agree on, on Rudolph. Uh, you know, it's funny, like <laughs> Rudolph's had two of his better, better stat games in his career uh, this year in the uh, Pittsburgh game, when he set the school record for passing, and then last week against Texas, and it just seems like people are like, well, he's just not as sharp as it seems like he he should be, <laughs> you know. Um, but but I agree, it seems like some of the passes that should be that as a junior quarterback should be automatic, he's not hitting, and I don't know if it's he's pressing, I don't know what it is, but but there it does seem to be something there. Yeah,
1: let me tell you something. Half the to- reason for Rudolph and listen, I'm on his case just as much as anybody else but what a lot of people probably aren't seeing who uh, don't spend a lot of time watching the game because uh, let's just be honest that's a lot of times people tune in they see a couple bad passes and then they're on the radio talking about you know how he's not sharp and all, all this stuff but anyways our line is not the best and, and haven't we've been yes we've been getting a little better but what I have been so impressed in is his pocket awareness. He's been he's been getting himself out of situations and he's constantly, I feel like, throwing outside of the pocket because he's having to he's having to abandon the pocket because it's collapsing on him. So I mean, I think some of the reason for those short off passes is he's been under a little bit more duress than he's used to being. Now, having said that, we're missing long we're missing long balls where he's having time to sit in the pocket. And you're right, he is missing those short passes. And one thing I, I do notice the thing I was most disappointed in him against Texas, we were running wide open across the middle. And he never seemed to see that. I don't know if, if that was our, you know, second second, third progression or, you know, to where we weren't just didn't make it to them in time. But we were running wide open in the middle, and I felt like um, we missed a lot of those. He wasn't seeing those guys. So I don't know if he was just looking for the long ball or what, but I think he's, he's done a fair job. He's, he's definitely a stud, but anytime you have that kind of expectation on you, people are going to expect, you know, expect every pass to be on.
2: Well, and I think part of it is if I've been surprised at how often we've uh, thrown it, uh, checked it down instead of going downfield or right. across the middle the Season, I feel like we're, we're throwing it, you know, out in the flanks. And so I think he's done it so much. Maybe he's just, he's, he's, you know, looking there first and not even looking downfield and, yeah. and you know, the time in his head is, you know, he's got a timer in his head and he thinks he's just got to get it before, he, you know, get it down before he shows it or
1: gets, right. it, you know, and that, that's what drives me so crazy about that offense, because I feel like it's either a long ball or it's flank. It's like, like, you know, over to the side, it's lateral. And I, I want to see, what, why are we using the heck out of Jarwin? We, we've seen what him and, you know, Veach can do. At, you know, why aren't we using them more? Why, why aren't we doing more crossing patterns over the middle, hitting, you know, Seals and, you know, McCutcheon? I mean, crap, just go down the list of all the weapons we have in receiving core. But I feel like the only ball we have is the deep ball and the little flank pass out to the side yeah
0: and so that drives me nuts those those definitely are the they they definitely are the plays that the or gundy or both love to to run i mean i think that's a that's a given um i was trying to find last week's recap um because i felt like they did use jarwin a lot more uh last week and they even they, they used, did they did they you did, know did. and yeah. so i thought that was that was good to see i was trying to find what his um
1: hey and they they use jarwin a lot like you know when it was third down, we had to have a first down. Rudolph scrambling a little bit. Jarwin is the guy he found quite a yeah. few times down the field to pick up that big play. You know when we need that first down, Jarwin was was the guy coming down with uh, the catches. You know a couple of weeks ago we were seeing. You know I said McCutcheon McCluskey. Yeah, uh, I got I got other things on my mind, I guess. But uh, we've seen we see McCluskey having those big time plays. Uh, Jarwin had a lot of those big <laughs> time plays uh, this past week, so we definitely got the weapons. And uh, Rudolph's finding the guys, he's just we're just not quite there. I'd say we're just. I mean, I'd, I'd give a I'd give us about a B plus right now, and uh, I, I want to see is it an A plus?
0: Yeah, well, I mean, you know, everyone definitely always wants. Uh, wants that to happen. um yeah, Jarwin had five receptions against texas. he's he's got um uh, sorry, four uh, receptions against Texas uh, for fifty receiving yards. And so it was definitely uh, it was a career game for him, but but I think you could you could see um them using him and using Veach uh, a lot more in the future because I agree. It just seems like every game they've played, the middle of the field is always wide open because they send their, their outside receivers on deep routes. You know, and, you know, I'm not sure what kind of a pass catcher Hill is, but I would love to see him develop into a really right. reliable um, pass catcher. I know uh, Kyle Porter on Pistols Firing, like he keeps screaming that, that Justice Hill is Joe Randall uh, 2.0. Uh, I, I, Personally, I think he's more like Kendall Hill. I think he, right. he he fits that mold a little bit more, but but I think if they can find ways to utilize him outside of the backfield, um, that's just gonna make this offense even more dangerous uh in the future. Right. Maybe maybe not this year, but but going into next season for sure.
1: And you know, they're using Barry J a little bit like on those screen little screen passes. Yeah. Uh but but the problem is is we haven't been able to we've been Uh, I don't know, releasing too late, too early. I mean, we've been having illegal guys downfield. It seems like every time we get one of those going, you know, it's, you know, get called back from a penalty or whatever. Yeah, and
0: and part of that, like I noticed in the Texas game, um, you mentioned earlier, but Mason's ability or necessity to have to evade the rush. (laughs) Um, Part of that is he's doing such a good job of staying alive that that I think the, the line is just completely releasing and, you know, right. moving downfield to block. Yeah, exactly. And, and exactly. so then they just, you know, it's just getting lost on the field. Josh, um, I, yeah, go ahead.
1: Oh, I was going to say, I will say, you know, you have to give our receivers, they do more than catch the ball. Two of our touchdowns early on in that game resulted from receivers blocking downfield. Uh, I think it was maybe the first two touchdowns, I can't remember, but the first two touchdowns, and even that long run, uh, I think Hill had, mm-hmm. uh, if, if my memory serves correct, uh, that touchdown resulted because, uh, I don't remember if it was Sills or McCleskey throwing a, a big-time block you know, <laughs> down the field. So our receivers are doing their job down the field blocking as well. Maybe that's why we always do that. You know, those little swing passes and wide receiver screens because of our blocking ability. I I freaking hate it, but anyways, whatever.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, well, Josh, I want to throw back to you um, because the one area that Oklahoma State uh, really and Iowa State both have proven ineffective so far in Big 12 play is on the defensive side of the ball. Um and you know we we text back and forth a little bit after the OSU Texas game, um but you know and Jared and I touched on this earlier the Big Twelve as a whole seems to to just have a defense problem. Um, what do you what do you want to see out of this Oklahoma State defense as they they play Iowa State?
2: You know, I I think a great thing for our defense to do is hit Gallagher-Iba Arena with Eddie Sutton and uh, practice on tackling. You know, uh. Uh, i 'm just reminded of the time that uh that Eddie suited up the boys back in the day and, and they worked on some defense and in and, and football pads and helmets, but you know I think the big thing is tackling you know what i mean it, it was like a back and forth back you know to think about the amount of points that were put on the board against Texas and Texas on us uh in the first half it 's a little bit embarrassing um you know for the big twelve um but uh, I think just better better coverage too. I feel like our defense is getting lost uh, on various plays. It's one or two player not covering uh, the right zone or, or player that he's supposed to be on or anything like that. And it just seems like there's some lackadaisical defense going on and and guys not paying attention at times or or didn't know that there's a guy behind him in, in coverage or, or whatever it is. So I think just a little bit more intentionality, focus. Um, maybe not. You know, I don't know if that's you know they're not well prepared for the different uh, offensive uh, plays that are being ran. But, um, you know, those are a couple key things that, that I, I,
1: I'd i like to see this weekend. Hey, I, I think you hit that on the, on the head as far as – because that's the problem everybody sees from our guys is tackling. We don't know how to wrap up. We don't know how to tackle. Now, one thing you can look at is, you know, a few years back, you know, Oklahoma State was even – they were at the top of the nation in you know, turnover margin and stuff like that. So I don't know if we're focusing so much on let's get the turnovers and we're trying to strip the ball so much that we're not taking care of the basics first. But you hit that on the head, that, that is a huge problem that we have is tackling.
0: Yeah, and and it's and it seems like it's the and I'm not going to try to pick on the cornerbacks. I think I think they they know uh, where some of their inefficiencies are. But you know, I remember I think it was the uh, it was like a sixty-seven yard pass play or something from Buchel and just a little wide receiver out and Pipkins. I think was the uh, the corner and man coverage and just absolutely whiffed on the tackle. And led to like a sixty-seven yard touchdown run, um, and it just seems like there's been a lot of man in space moments that the the secondary just has not done the job. And so, Jared, uh, since you you're able to go to the home games and you 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 sit up high where you can kind of see the whole field, um, is this a is it a scheme issue? Like, I mean, where are our safeties at? Are we are we trying to play man man total man coverage, but then? Uh, We're just getting beat over the top because we saw it in in uh, in the Baylor game as well. I see. I feel
1: that it's uh, we do both. We you know I yell at them because we're not playing, man. We're we're giving them too much space. That's why we get killed so much right off the ball. We try doing those little you know wide receiver flares, whatever you want to call those little swing passes, and we can never get it done. But yet every team that does it against us gets it done, and they, you know, they run, boom, as soon as they hike the ball, it's good for four or five yards because we, I feel that we play, we give them too much cushion. Now, at the same time, I feel we play off the ball, we let them come to us, but then once we come to us, then they burn us over the top. So, I, I think it's just a, I, I, I think it is just a positioning. I, I don't want to draw it up as our scheme because, you know, all, even on the deep balls, we're giving them the space to where you think we would be able to run with them. I just think it's a, a, a matter of right now we're we're just getting beat. They're, they've just been better than us. We get sucked in, and then we get burnt deep.
0: Well, yeah, I mean, I was just curious just because I, I know um, – you've been there for those games. Uh, uh, just kind of as we move forward, you know, Iowa State, they're a little bit more of a pro-style offense. Uh, they're going to line up. They're going to try to pound it with the running back. They're going to try to do play action uh, with Joe Lanning. Um, you know, he's he's hitting 60%, and, uh, you know, it's it's definitely – they're a formidable opponent, but it's a game, you know, they come in at one and four zero oh and 2 in conference. Uh, it, it's – the Baylor game, notwithstanding, which they they had every opportunity to win, um, this is a game Oklahoma State has to win. Do you guys agree?
1: Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's a must win. It's a uh, – when you come off a of big – now, even though Texas, you know, they're like – people are figuring out, well, maybe they're not as good as everybody thought. It was still Texas, and that was still the first time since 1997 since we were able to beat them – it seems like each team, if you look at stats, each team wins at the other, they went on the road. And we haven't beat them since 97. So everybody's pumped up and everybody, I mean, people walking out of that stadium, that's all I heard. I'm like, finally, it's about time, you know, like 97, you know, felt like a big weight was lifted off our shoulder. And it felt like we took, you know, three or four steps in a positive direction. So, yeah, it's a, it's a must win. If you come off a win, like that, beating a team that has it, that you haven't beaten since '97 at home, and you have a letdown against an, a, a mediocre Iowa State team. Uh, yeah, it's a huge. Chalk it up as season is over. Well, honestly,
2: you know, I'm, I think there's a couple of things here. I mean, obviously, it's always great to beat Texas. I mean, uh, I think I think it's less about Texas being back. And it should be more about how Notre Dame probably wasn't as good as everybody thought. Yeah. Because if you look at Texas' schedule, they played UTEP, which, okay, that that's the, you, you got to win that. They lost to unranked Cal, and then they lost to us. So I don't think Texas is – you know, I think that was a little bit premature. Um, I think Notre Dame is more overrated than what Texas is back per se. Uh, And you look at that, I mean, Texas' defense is atrocious because they gave up 47 to Notre Dame in two overtimes. Um, And then they gave up 50 to Cal and 49 to us. So the Texas defense is the issue. But really, any game that Oklahoma State has now until the end of the season is a must-win game. Um, You know, I think it's great we beat Texas. You want that because, you know, we've been going to Austin. We've been winning. That's great feeling, and it's finally great to beat them in Stillwater, Boone Pickett Stadium. I get all that, but you know, because of the letdown that we had with um, with Baylor, and then because NCAA screwed us over with the Central Michigan thing, every game's got to be a, a, a win from here on out. Um, you know, for the Cowboys to get into the to the playoffs.
1: Playoffs. Well, the playoffs ain't happening. I'll tell you that, right? <laughs> yeah, playoffs. Playoffs. Oh, hey, boys. Hey, 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 hey. It, it ain't happening. Happen. It ain't happening. Happen. <laughs> hey, we, 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 lost. we lost to Iowa State, the only team, and then they give the rematch in the most boringest game in the history of college football, and we we lose out to that. Simply because we lost that one game, when everybody knows, hey, everybody's been calling for the Big Twelve SEC matchup. Why don't we give it to them? And they still didn't give it to them because they're so SEC biased. So no, it's over. a three A three, <laughs> three loss SEC team will be able to get it into the playoffs before we get in there. Wow, Trust me,
0: that might be a stretch. We can gonna... go.
1: Hey, now we can <laughs> we can win the yeah we can win the Big Twelve and maybe go to a you know go to a bowl, but.
0: Playoffs! It's over. <laughs> um, well, uh, uh, the one thing I'm looking at that, that kind of uh, I'm interested to see because I think Oklahoma State, they have to win. They're at home, and I think they will win. But when you look at the numbers, the one area Iowa State is is fairly successful in is in, in passing defense. They only give up 191 yards a game, and some of that could be attributed to the teams they play. But, I mean, that's including TCU and Baylor. And, you know, that's that's going to be a real trick to me to see is, okay, what's Oklahoma State going to try to maximize? Because Iowa State does give up an average of 261 yards on the ground. So is this going to be a game that Oklahoma State really tries to pound the ball and really tries to to establish that running game, or um, is is uh, is Rudolph just going to be able to to go and have his way? That's just one thing I'm kind of looking for. Um, but Josh, uh, as we kind of wrap up our our preview of the game, um, what what are you what are you looking at? What's your your prediction? What do you think is going to happen?
2: You know, I think it's going. I think uh, I think Oklahoma State's going to come out, out on top. Obviously. Um, better coaching, better quarterback. Um, you know, I think our, both differences are a wash, and then you know the queue will be on the running game. Obviously, I think Oklahoma State will be on top. I say they win by uh, by twenty three points.
0: All right, Jared, what do you got?
1: Uh, I, I'm I'm close with him. I think. Uh, I think it Listen, it's it's tough to win in Ames. I, I was there last year, and and I was sweating the entire game, even though it was freezing cold, uh, because it, they are tough at, at Ames. Now, I think uh, at home, I think we take care of business. Uh, I think that it is a chance they can get wild a little bit in the passing game, but when all said and done, uh, Oklahoma State's got this 42-21. to 21.
0: I like that. I, I agree with both of you. I think Oklahoma State's going to hang half a hundred. I think they're going to get over that 50-point 50, 50 plateau. And uh, I just think they're going to... I think it'll be slow going out of the gate. I really feel like Oklahoma State's going to try to pound the ball on the ground. And... Um, in the end, though, I think going into the third quarter, they're really just going to pull away. I'll say they win uh, fifty-two to twenty-eight. That's that. That'll be my call. And so uh, you'll have to listen next week to see how wrong we are. Josh, before we let you go, I got to ask you. Let's switch gears completely because it's postseason baseball, and uh, your Rangers are now 0-1 against the the Blue Jays. Um, what what do you what are you feeling? And uh, who who do you think is going to run the table here in the postseason? Listen,
2: I'm feeling I didn't want to get into a conversation about postseason baseball right now. Today is not the day. Here's the thing. My biggest frustration with the Texas Rangers and and, and, and and in baseball in general is this crap about sitting starters going into the postseason. Now, I understand you want to rest your best players because it's a long season. I get all of that. But if you look in the last number of years, some of, most of, The hottest teams going into the postseason are teams that are fighting for their life. And postseason baseball is a different animal compared to regular season baseball. Where in postseason baseball, every pitch is under the radar and it means so much. And when you sit your boys to rest to get ready for postseason baseball, what you're doing is you're taking your mind out of the game and you're resting your mind and you can't do that in postseason baseball. And that happened to the Rangers today. We had three hits. The guy pitched a great game for for uh, the Blue Jays. But honestly, uh, we should have done a lot better. And Cole Hamble's completely let down the entire state of Texas and any other Texas Ranger fan out there. Man. That's why we went out there and got him a number of years ago is because he's supposed to come in for us. He's supposed to lead us to a World Series championship. And he goes out there and he gets – and, and – and, and ah. There's, a, there's all kinds of things that happened. We could have stopped the bleeding there in the fourth inning where we gave up the four runs, but Adrian Beltran had a ball go off the top of his glove, and then it just goes from there. Ian Desmond didn't catch uh, uh, the the, sh- the shadows today in Globe Life Park were, were awful. They didn't help Texas at all, and there's no home-field advantage when that happens. It was an atrocious, disastrous day for the Texas Rangers. Um and so when 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 you know the Blue Jays are coming off a must-win game against Baltimore, walk-off scenario, they're on cloud twenty-five. They're ready to come into Arlington, already a heated series because of what's going on previously in the series and last year in the postseason. So, you know, I, I'm I'm not gonna be shocked if the Blue Jays uh defeat the American League best record, Texas Rangers. And go on to uh, to face the um, the Red Sox in the American League Championship. You know, before the season started, I've got it written down in my uh, baseball field notes. I've got the Toronto Blue Jays as your World Series champions. Um, you know, I'd love to, I'd love to see the Nationals run the table here. It, it'd be nice to see uh, Baker uh, manage those boys on and, and see them do something there in the nation's capital. Um, but I sure would love to see the Dodgers uh run run the table as well so that's good it's going to be fun to watch the national league um the giants you know coming off that big win last night what an unbelievable game it was a great game so postseason baseball it's time i love it i'm excited uh
0: well i I remember those predictions You, you you're sticking by toronto going all the way that's your team i mean i know it's not your team but that's your pick
2: Oh man, I, they're hot, they're hot, they're hot they're hot and I've just watched after uh, years and years of watching over the last say say six or seven years, the hottest teams do the best. Think about it uh, two years ago when the Giants and and the uh, and the Royals were in the World Series they were both they were both wild card teams and they make it to the World Series. so I think the hottest teams going in the postseason do the best. Toronto's hot, and I'm sticking with them, as, right. as sick as that makes me. Because I'm in Alaska, I'm surrounded by a bunch of Canadians, um, and uh, it's just fun to see that. I was in St. Louis. Uh, I was in Springfield, Missouri, when the Rangers lost to the Cardinals, and that was bad enough. And here I am again. So, it's <laughs> sorry, I've got the face.
0: <laughs> well, on that note, Jared, do you have any any thoughts? <laughs> Did you walk outside? What? Yeah, I'm actually giving my dog
1: Jeter, uh, named after the great Derek Jeter, the, the New York Yankees. Giving him a walk, but uh, I actually but, uh, hey, I,
2: hey boys, I appreciate you letting me on the show this week. I got to run though, so I'll let you guys. Fin- now that you've worked me up, my blood pressure is on high, and I gotta go take a pill.
0: Well, it's a good thing it's only wow. six o'clock, so you've got time to wind down before bed. So thanks, thanks for joining us, Josh.
2: I appreciate you guys.
0: And, uh, we'll see you next week. Take care. See Brad. Well, uh Jared, I mean, do you we'll we'll talk about Tulsa SMU here in a, in a, a, in just a moment, but you, you what do you think? Do you have any team that you feel like is going to going to make it?
1: Uh I'm kind of right there with him. I think the Blue Jays are are hot right now and uh man, I, I'm hoping the Indians get it done against the Sox.
0: Yeah, um, it would be fun to but, see Cleveland uh, get to the series.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't. I mean, I always got to root for the Cubs. I mean, I just want to see them get it done, get over this hill. Let's, I mean, just come on! But after the way the Giants looked the other night, I mean, you can't chalk that game up as a that series up as a win. So it's going to be fun. It's going to be a fun. Uh, it's going to be a fun postseason.
0: Yeah, I'm looking forward to. It. We'll, we'll we'll keep uh, tabs on it as we move on. I'm 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 really wanting a Cleveland Chicago matchup. Uh, I would love to see that, just because either way, some demons are going to be exercised. Um, but having said that, having said that, um, I, I'm, I'm feeling uh, that, uh, that Boston's going to going to make it make it happen in the AL. And um, I know the only the only good side about Boston is John Farrell. Um, you know, Oklahoma State guy. That's the only way. That's the only way it can be halfway. Uh, Formidable, but they just finished the season so hot, and uh, but but so then I would the Giants. You know, it's an even year. It's going to be tough to bet against them until they lose. But I just think I think the Cubs can get it done in the NL. And then, uh, then, then it'll be the goat versus the curse, and and we'll we'll see from there. Um, but hey, real fast, um, this has kind of been a long show. We it, we we did a full preview of Tulsa SMU in our last episode um, because we we were a bunch of morons and thought they played last Saturday, um, but they actually played this Saturday. And so, real quick, Jared, um, you know. This is a big game for Tulsa. It's a game that they should win. They're 3-1. and one. T, uh, SMU's coming in at 2-3. and three. Um, This is a game that, that, that Tulsa should win, and they really need to win because they're at home. Um, and then as they head into that game against Houston uh, next, uh, this is just huge for momentum. Um, but, but, you know, compared to what we talked about last week, is, are there any thoughts? Is there anything that, that you've been thinking about this week in, in regards to this game?
1: uh really the only thing i was thinking about was uh i can't believe we uh thought that game was going on last week yeah it's
0: always <laughs> uh, good to look at the date it's always good to look at the date yeah and they actually, play on, to... they actually play on friday night on october 7th
1: <laughs> yeah so i guess they get if they want the full recap they could revert back to to last week's show yeah and uh get that but but no i just think. uh uh, i think Tulsa needs to gain a little momentum here uh, heading into their season and uh you know conference and stuff and and uh i think they can get it done and i i'm excited for them and i i uh i want to see them i want to see them do well it's always fun when when all your oklahoma teams are are competing and Tulsa's an exciting team to watch because of their offense so uh i think they can get it done i I'm. Uh, I'm hoping
0: that anyways. Yeah, I agree. And, you know, as we mentioned a few weeks ago, this is the chance where all three teams, if they win for the first time this season, we could go 3-0. and Last week, uh, we went 2-0, and but Tulsa was off. So um, Tulsa will get the chance to start off early playing on Friday night. National TV, ESPN2, um, you know, I read an article uh, today from Kelly Hines of the Tulsa World Uh, Philip Montgomery is really, really hoping the people come out and pack the stadium and show this team some support and really make the the stadium look great on TV. Uh, Tulsa uh, doesn't always get the opportunity to have have kind of a a Friday night game, so there will be more eyes potentially watching it. And so uh, this is a big game for them, and it's a big opportunity for the university. And so kind of like we said last week – you know, you can get tickets for 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 fairly cheap. You could probably get tickets for less than less than forty bucks, um, and and you'll have a, you'll have a great seat. Yeah, and you and you'll have you'll have a great seat. Um, but just just real fast, something I think to look forward to uh from the, the Tulsa defense to the SMU offense. Uh the SMU quarterback Hicks, you know, he's thrown for over a thousand yards this season, but he's also thrown for nine interceptions. And um I think that, that just shows I, I think Tulsa's defense, they've they've shown the ability to get some turnovers here um in their first four games. And so that that's something I'd really want to keep an eye on is, is can this defense force more turnovers and uh and really maybe get in Hicks's head and, and try to uh to, to really maybe run away with it early. And so that's something I wanna look forward to and, and look towards. Um but but just kinda of as we wrap up, uh what do you got for this game since we've done predictions for the other ones?
1: Uh I'm gonna say on this one, I think uh, Tulsa is going to hit it hot, hit it early. I'm going to go with. Uh, I think they're going to. I think they're going to open the gates, and I'm going to say 49 to to 32. Okay. 49 to ter- 32, and I'm also going to put in a note there. Uh, I would love to see Tulsa challenge a few records Oklahoma State broke against those boys uh, a few years, quite a few years back. Yeah. I'm, I believe that was the team, Rashawn Woods.
0: Yeah, two thousand three. Um,
1: yeah, ate up, ate up a couple of records. So uh, it'd be fun seeing a, another local team uh, do that, have success.
0: Yeah, I I agree. I I like that pick. I think the defense is even going to hold them a little bit more than that. TC or SMU is only averaging nineteen points a game uh, as it is. So I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to say fifty six to fourteen. I think they're going to they're going to run away with it. And, uh, you know, yeah, yeah, back, that was, that was uh, 2003. I think the score was like 52 to seven. Josh Fields, Rashawn Woods, seven times um, back in the Les Miles days. And, you know, who knows? Uh, uh, Les Miles might be coaching at SMU next year. You never know. <laughs> so, hey,
1: hey, well, you never know. I hope not. Lord, I think he deserves a little better than that. I mean, yeah.
0: Yeah. L- LSU's pretty
1: crazy. When you fired the winningest coach in, program history and you
0: know hey it's it's what have you done for me today and uh you know he he showed an inability to evolve the offense and uh so that eventually came back to biting but he like yeah like you said he'll be he'll be somewhere um i think he'll be at a big time program if not next year in a couple of years and uh right we'll just Ma- maybe texas that. maybe texas maybe maybe uh, texas maybe texas maybe usc maybe uh, you know, whoever else that that potentially would open up. But hey, Jared, um, it's always a pleasure uh, for for being a part of the show. And uh, are you uh, having fun walking your dog? Sounds like you're getting out of breath. I'm, I'm ha-
1: yeah, I'm having fun. Well, it's like lightning out here. I'm having to go through some hills and stuff because the bus has got all this stuff jammed up. So yeah i'm a little out of breath
0: <laughs> well hey um yeah uh, are you are you there oh great okay well well hey uh jared thanks for joining us you got any closing words i don't uh go folks
1: um uh, i hope it's a competitive game down there and uh texas and uh go hurricane <laughs>
0: All right. Well, don't forget, you can follow the Oklahoma Sports Show on Twitter at OK Sports Show. It's also on Facebook. You can email us at OklahomaSportsShow at gmail.com. Head over to OklahomaTalking.co for past episodes and also blog posts and all kinds of other stuff. And then don't forget, uh, rate us in, in iTunes, and uh, you can find us on any of your, your podcast app of choice, And we look forward to next week we'll be back on a regular schedule and we'll have recaps from this week and promos for the week ahead. So thanks again for joining the Oklahoma Sports Show. Uh, With Jared Kennedy, I'm Jason Evans, and we will see you next week.
1: See you later.